there are no curses, only mirrors you hold up to the souls of men and women. Richard Bachman, Dinner. Hey, Justin. Hey, Kayla. How's it? Well, you know, just trying to drop some weight and feel a little bit thinner. <laughs> oh, but like strawberry pie. Oh, that sounds so good right now. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hard to yeah, resist. <laughs> head on down to the local Shoney's and grab a big old oh, strawberry pie. Those are the best. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I, I I believe there might be like two or three Shoney's left in the country, and I think they're all here in Nashville. I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. Actually, there's one close to the airport in Knoxville. Um, every time we oh, pass okay. by it, right. my dad makes a joke like, "Oh, you want to stop at Shoney's? No, I'm good." <laughs> yeah, even the, uh, the the one the one down here in East Nashville by the Titan Stadium is no longer. Um, shockingly, oh. their, their their renovation that included it did not did not save it. Oh, what a shame. You know, that's really what downtown Nashville is missing, is a, is a Shoney's. Uh, I'd probably rather drink at Shoney's <laughs> than a number of places downtown. You know, I agree with that, too. I agree with that. People are probably cool. Hey, here, if, nothing, you know? if nothing else, cheaper, I bet. Yes. <laughs> Guaranteed, pretty much. And strawberry pie. So, yeah, can't go wrong there. Probably not a lot of bars carry strawberry pie. No, no. Well, had you <laughs> had you read? Uh, in case anyone hadn't put it together, we're we're talking about thinner tonight. Uh, had had you read thinner before? I had not. Um, you know, I I knew of the book, and it's pretty obvious what goes on in the book from just the the back cover and the the front cover and the title. So, you know, I wasn't really surprised by it. But no, I hadn't read it. How about you? Yeah. No, not a lot of surprises. No, I had not I had not read this one before, or at least if I have, I have no recollection of reading it. But uh mm. yeah, it was one, you know, I don't this this seems like one where like, you know, when you're in middle school or whatever and people are first learning about Stephen King, I, I remember like this book always being talked about and mm. uh it's you know, uh, yeah, to me it's uh it, I think a lot of people think of it as like a typical Stephen King book, even though it was, of course, originally a Bachman book. Um, but, you know, it has, yeah. does have that kind of like weird horror or supernatural element to it uh, that I think a lot of people think of as like the prototypical Stephen King story. Um, yes. Which is interesting, which is interesting because it's it's far from his best stories, at least in <laughs> at least in my opinion. But we can get into that. <laughs> Same, yes. And and you're right. It is interesting because most of the Bachman books that we've read so far um, have a really particular style, really particular content, um, themes. But yeah, this one is pretty Stephen King-like. Um, it's not really very Bachman-ish. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. No, yeah, um, it, it, does not, it does not have that feel like we talked about in the last episode of how all of mm-hmm. the other... Bachman books could happen in the same world this one yeah this one just feels it feels like a Stephen King book uh, cert- certainly feels like an 80s Stephen King book you know if you 
if you uh I, it sounds like your cat disagrees but uh yeah uh, she has very strong opinions about richard bachman stephen king you know she's <laughs> an opinionated little thing yeah <laughs> I, I will mention too this while we're talking about this particular subject this was the book that exposed king as richard bachman um i don't know if you know the story do you know the story uh yeah yeah well i've read about it some in terms of mm-hmm. uh it, you know in some of king's uh forwards to to some of the various bachman collections he's talked about it and then you know i think we i also read about it some when we were reading um what was that one called the dark half the one where he had yes. the uh, yeah I, I read about it some in, in that context as well yeah um but for people who don't know i'll um give a really quick rundown because I think it's a really fun story. Um, So there was a bookstore employee, uh, Stephen Brown. He read this book and he thought, this is really similar to a lot of Stephen King books. He's a really big Stephen King fan. Um, And so he noted a couple of similarities in the writing style. And he went down to the Library of Congress um, and, you know, tried a couple of different things. Eventually he found copyright data, um, where King had the copyright to rage. Um, and he figured out that King was uh, Richard Buckman. So he wrote him a letter <laughs> and Stephen King called him on the phone and was like, okay, Steve, this is Steve King. Yes. I'm Richard Bachman. I'm paraphrasing here. Yes. I'm Richard Bachman. Uh, what are we going to do about this? Um, and one of my favorite parts is that they actually did an interview together, a discussion together and published it in the Washington post. And that was how King was exposed. Yeah. I think that there had been rumors and things like that, but that was, that was pretty much it um, going public with it. But yeah, I always love that story of the little intrepid bookstore employee (laughs) and, you know, fellow nerd figuring this out. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, honestly sounds at least, uh, yeah, at least from that version, it sounds like Stephen King was much nicer to this guy than um, than the than the main character of the Dark Half was, who uh, yes you know, <laughs> was not a fan of his uh, revealer. Exactly, exactly. So I'm glad I'm glad that Stephen King was was nice in real life and then was able to make um, and a more interesting story out of it for, uh, the dark half. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a fascinating concept these days anyway, right. That you could, this, the, the, uh, you know, an author as big as him could, could publish, uh, five, you know, yeah, I think this was number four, four or five of his, uh, as, five, as yeah. someone else and like, not everyone, not everyone had caught on. Whereas, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you remember when you remember when J.K. Rowling was done with the Harry Potter stuff and started publishing that uh, that detective <laughs> series and everyone was instantly just yeah. like, oh, no, that's J.K. Rowling. That's definitely yeah. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember that. I even remember it was announced and it was already leaked that it was her pretty much. <laughs> it's like, great. OK, big surprise yeah. there. <laughs> yeah and she's, she's um, still writing those books and when they now when they come out yeah. like they say jk rowling really large and then have whatever her pseudonym's mm-hmm. name is in much smaller yeah. font beneath that oh <laughs> uh, yeah and, and i get why i was reading um about this the story of thinner and you know the sales were okay 
But as soon as everyone found out that it was Stephen King who wrote it, the sales went up massively. <laughs> it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at the Wikipedia page, and it says that in the end, over th- over three million copies of it sold. Which, oh my god, I, yeah, I, that seems like an insane blockbuster publishing number to me. I'm not sure like what his modern sales numbers are, but I can't imagine that they approach three million. Yeah, I, I don't know because <laughs> this was yeah, this was pretty uh, uh, much at the height. I guess there were a lot of other things happening at the same time, a lot of other books coming out, of course. So it's uh, people were pretty excited to read another Steamweed King book, and you know, I don't think they would be disappointed with thinner. Uh, you know, they're not getting a totally different um, version of King with this one. It's it's pretty. Uh, up a king fans alley with this yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's it's not shocking that this is the one that allowed everyone to really to piece it together this was stephen king because this one really it reads like a stephen king book yeah for sure um i'll give a little rundown of the plot so we can get into uh the story itself and our thoughts um so the main character is billy halleck he is an overweight lawyer and he runs over a woman and kills her. Um, and the charges against him, he's got all these friends in high places. He's friends with the judge, all these guys. Um, the charges are dismissed, but the woman's father, they're referred to as gypsies. Uh, the woman's father curses Billy with one word. And if you listen to the audiobook, they are like thinner. <laughs> they do like a funny little voice with it. Um, and Billy begins losing weight no matter what he does, no matter how much he eats. Uh, he just drops weight. Even the chapter um, headings are his weight, which is decreasing over time. And other people associated with the case are also um, physically affected. And it's because of this curse, too. Um, so one guy has, like, horrible acne, and the other guy has, like, weird scales. It's it's really horrifying. Um, eventually, uh, Billy confronts this gypsy man who's cursed him and tries to convince him to take away the curse. And the man bakes Billy a strawberry pie, hence our little discussion at the beginning, uh, with a little bit of Billy's blood in it. And whoever eats the pie will inherit the curse. And... Guess who eats it? Um, Billy's wife and daughter. <laughs> so the book ends with Billy cutting a slice of that pie for himself, um, knowing that he and his uh, wife and daughter are going to die. It's yeah. uh, it's a yeah, typical real, uh, real Bachman. Ending. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very bleak ending, which is typical for a Bachman book, um, but a very appropriate ending, I think. You know, I don't know how else it would have ended, but. Yeah, seems about right. <laughs> right, yeah. It, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's a fully satisfying ending, but like you said, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the alternative would have been. Like, there's no way that... There's no way that everyone lives happily ever after at the end of this one. No, definitely not. Um, what did you like about this book? Uh... I, I think, you know, the, the plot keeps moving along at a pretty decent pace. It doesn't get too bogged down at any point. Uh, you know, it's it's still, I don't know, it, it's not like, it's not a blazing pace because it's really in the end like just one guy searching for some other people. Uh, but 
True. But, you know, there's not a lot of sidetracks or anything, so it, it moves along pretty quickly. And uh, I guess the I guess the other thing that I liked the most was seeing Billy, you know, come to the realization that that uh, he really hated his life in, you know, his perfect little <laughs> suburban world and come to the realization that that was all g- garbage and meaningless. Um, and, yeah, you yeah. know, even, you know, certainly his work life, but... But by the end, even really like realizing that that he was not happy in his marriage, um, you know, it's kind of strange to yeah to see him go on that journey um, as a result of this you know strange gypsy curse where he's losing weight. But that that journey to me was much more interesting than just the idea of him constantly dropping weight. Yes, um, and I I like that you mentioned that too because the same thing kind of happens with. Um, um, the character in Roadwork, where there's a change, there's a sudden change, and it's it's not a good change, um, but it causes that person to realize that their life is a fraud, that they're kind of a fraud, that they hate everything, and they just kind of come to grips with the fact that their life is over in a strange way. Um, it's very dark concept, but I I appreciate that. I think that it's an interesting way to look at a character's development. Um, because there's an ending point to that development, right? Like they, they die, um, but they still have to learn this important lesson before they go, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, a uh, it, yeah, it, it is moving at a quick pace, which I always appreciate. It's the, you know, 300 pages or so, which, which feels really good when you pick it up from the library and you're like, Oh yes. <laughs> Every time there's like a skinny King book, I'm like, okay. Whew, this is gonna this is gonna be interesting. Um, so it does move really fast. Um, I also really liked the parts where um, King is describing the things that have happened to the other people too. Um, to like the scaly guy and then the acne guy. It's super gross body horror, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I I think I think I actually found the the ailments afflicting the other characters probably more interested than more interesting than Billy's weight loss thing. And maybe that was because we just didn't spend as much time harping on those. You know, mm-hmm. it was more of just a, a quick snapshot of this. Yeah. These super gross things that were happening to these people uh, yeah. rather, than, rather than 300 pages of, of weight loss. But, but I agree. I found, I found those way more interesting than the, than the actual thinner plot line. Mm-hmm. yeah I, agreed it was uh some super gross uh writing on king's part and it that's kind of that kind of stuff is difficult to describe so you know I, I always appreciate when a writer can do that well and actually make me feel like kind of gross about it <laughs> so i was pretty impressed with that um what else did you think about the book uh let's see i'm trying to it's it's been probably about six weeks now since i finished it so i'm I'm racking my brain trying to <laughs> I know I'm dragging you down I'm so far behind <laughs> no well I the, the tables have turned a little bit uh it was it was not that way for a long stretch I think especially in the midst of the dark tower slog uh, yeah we both took turns <laughs> struggling yeah. on that one a little bit oh gosh yeah uh what so what what did you think of the whole gypsy clan you know not beyond not just the uh not just the the old man who cursed him after after 
the wife was killed, but you know, there was also the whole whole extended brood that seemed like several <laughs> generations of of gypsies that were uh you know uh all had their various unique talents. Right. Yeah, it was uh it was interesting kind of introducing them all. Um and then of course like the Billy gets involved with the mob um, somehow <laughs> because he has like a, a former uh, client of his. So he gets involved with the mob and the mob kind of like takes over this camp That's and right. like bothers I for- them. I had forgotten about yeah. that whole it's- tying with tying with the mob plot line, which was just it's- <laughs> completely out of nowhere. <laughs> it is, uh, it's a little interesting. Um, I I do think that there was a time where these kind of gypsy curses or native American curses or, you know, just various land curses um, were very common in movies and TV shows. I feel like maybe the eighties is late seventies, eighties um, was kind of that trendy time. I, I keep thinking about um, like poltergeist, you know, they're, or they're on a burial ground or in pet cemetery, you know, there, there's always like this, um, yeah. you know, this curse from a culture that we don't understand. Curse, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what makes it kind of scary. Um, I do like the fact that it was because that Billy killed someone. He hurt someone, uh, because he was getting a hand job in the car and, you know, just, he was just kind of an asshole too. And I, 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 I don't know what that says exactly about like the gypsy clan themselves, but I, I like that there was, that he was hurting their community, obviously like a tight family. Um, and the fact that there was no justice for him, I think that that comes out a lot in um, just culture in general, where people who are minorities don't get justice a lot. And so this is the only way that, these people could, you know, get back at him was doing this curse on him. Um, so, yeah, I, they were a very entertaining part of the book. <laughs> it, was, it was a little strange, but, uh, uh, and it felt like a little bit of a sidetrack. But, you know, it, it was good to see him have to confront these people that he had actually hurt. I think that's an important part of his journey. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I may, yeah, maybe this is just regional bias, but to me it was strange even like when I think of gypsies, I think of like Europe. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was not familiar with gypsy bands uh roving, you know, the US, but uh maybe maybe that's from spending most of my life in the south and not uh not not the back roads of Connecticut and New Hampshire and so forth. Right. Uh, I know. I'm like, I don't are know. There... Is, is, Ro- is Rochester a gypsy hub? You know, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen too many uh, Romani uh, groups up here, um, spe- <laughs> especially in Rochester, maybe not. Um, I know. I, I can't remember where they are in this book exactly. I think it's just kind of vague New England. Um, Hometown was in Connecticut, but then he's kind of driving all over the place in massachusetts mm. and new hampshire and maybe even up to maine looking looking for the gypsy camp and trying to get the uh trying to get the curse lifted mm-hmm. so but yeah <laughs> I, so I, don't, I don't know yeah there there were there were not a lot of uh or none that i'm aware of no gypsy caravans uh touring through kentucky and tennessee um in the 90s yeah 
I'll keep an eye out up in here in Rochester and let you yeah. know. <laughs> well, you know, treat them to a garbage plate on my account if, if you do run across any. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Anyone who like visits this area has to have one. It's just the law. Um, well, any, I don't know. This is, it's, it's, this is just kind of such a, to me, like kind of silly little straightforward <laughs> book. I don't have a lot of deep talking points yeah. on it. Uh, did you have anything else? Um, no, it's, you're right. It is very straightforward. So I think I'm all set. I, I talked a whole lot about the, the Romani camps. <laughs> As I was talking, I was like, wow, I'm just kind of like blubbering out all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I'm all set. Yeah. All right. Uh, ready for crowns? Yes, I'm ready. You go all ahead. Right. Uh, boy, I, yeah, I went back and forth on this one. It's, uh, I think I settled at two crowns. Uh, I just, I didn't really love it. Um, you know, like there were, like I said, I, I kind of found the side stories about the other characters um, more interesting than the, than the main plot line with Billy. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I don't, it's, it's far from the worst thing that, that we've read, but uh, di- didn't really grab me in any fashion. Mm, um yeah, I, I agree. I kept going back and forth between three and two. Um, you know, sometimes I was feeling a three because there was just some really interesting segments and the idea itself is kind of interesting to me. But overall, I think I land at two, two and a half crowns. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw in a half in there. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not my favorite, but it, it's, a, it's an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting story and I, I like to see King tackle this kind of thing. It, it's fun. He does, he does this concept a lot better than he did in Elevation anyway. Um, I like the, the scarier version of losing a ton of weight all in a really quick succession. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This one at least uh, made more sense than Elevation, which is, which is saying something because there's a lot of this book that doesn't make sense. Uh, Agreed. Well, Agreed. all right. Well, um, all right, so we're through with Thinner, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one because up next we've got The Regulators, and that book is insane, and I'm still not sure whether it's insane in a good or bad way. So I am, I am excited to talk to you about it, and we will try to figure out whether it's good insane or bad insane. That sounds good. We've done that a couple of times with King's books and, you know, we always figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much the definitive source. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to so. the bottom of it. <laughs> yes, for well, sure. <laughs> thanks, Kayla. Bye. For more of our Stephen King adventures, please follow us on Instagram at The Year of King. 